0: This is The Real Estate Rookie Show, number 16.
1: When I look at a, two markets then I'm just trying to compare a couple of markets, there, there are three things that I typically look at. The first is gonna be the rent to price ratio. And if you guys-
0: my name is Ashley Kerr, and I am here with Felipe Mejia. So, Felipe, I have to know, how's the Nashville market after Elise, on our last show, talked up all of the great deals yes, she's she finding did. in Tennessee? Have you yes, found a lot did. of competition in the past week?
2: You know, it's interesting. I've seen competition be pretty steady in Nashville. I don't think much of it. One of the things that I'm doing right now, though, is we just... Put in an offer on a potential flip, and if you know anything about me, I do not flip properties. I know I
0: am so surprised to hear that. I was just about to take a sip of my drink, and then you said that. I just set it down. (laughs) I was in shock. That's awesome, though. This
2: property is two houses down from a rental property that I already have, and the gentleman came out, started talking to me after I was cutting the grass at one of the properties, and basically poured his heart out. But knows that I own two or three rentals on the same street and said, "Hey man, I'm about to go into foreclosure. I'm going to lose this house. You know, what will, what's the most that you'll give me for it?" So, after some back and forth and all that, you know, I gave him an offer that I think he's going to accept and we'll find out in the next couple of days, so hopefully by the next show I'll be able to tell you about it.
0: How awesome is that the the lead came to you?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it all... it's all about just being out there in the community, honestly, yeah. I think, and he knew yeah. that I was an investor, so I think it might be great. Right.
0: Right, yeah, I agree with you. So today we're gonna talk about finding markets. So for anyone that is starting to look into Tennessee now to come and invest there, we have Dave Myers from Bigger Pockets. He is the VP of growth and analytics. Is that his title? It was a a mouthful, but he is going to talk about Columbus, Ohio and Cleveland, Ohio, because we have another guest today. We have Jamie Gallagher, who's starting out his investing career. He's a commercial realtor and he is going, he's been looking at those two markets and Dave goes through uh, all the data and what he should take away as far as cash flow appreciation.
2: Yeah, he gives some great nuggets. Talks about what are people willing to pay? How's living in that area as well? I mean, some other things outside of just data, but data
3: is very important. So I'm really excited to hear about that. Remember when you had to pay to get a leads phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. Transform your lead generation and deal making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring
4: the unlimited possibilities at DealMachine.com/bp. Are current interest rates making you depressed about cash flow? What if it didn't have to be that way? Rent to retirement has two point nine nine percent seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. Rent to Retirements offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest with confidence in the markets that offer the best returns. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. dot com. That's rent dot com, or text REI to three three seven seven seven. Again, text REI to three three seven seven seven.
5: Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets.
2: Jamie, David, thanks for coming on the show, man. Real, real pleasure to have both of you guys here. Thanks for making the time.
6: Thank you. Yeah, thanks. It's awesome. Absolutely.
2: Hey, Jamie, David, if you'll tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, we'd love to learn more about you. Jamie, if you'll start us off.
6: Yeah. uh, My name is Jamie Gallagher. I live in the DC market in Fairfax County, and I'm actually a commercial realtor.
1: Oh, cool. My name is Dave Meyer. I am the vice president of growth and analytics at Bigger Pockets. I've also been a real estate investor for about 10 years, mostly in Denver and in Colorado.
2: David that's a that's a mouthful there man. Give us a little bit more explanation of what that is for Bigger Pockets.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I they they didn't spare any words when they gave me a title. But that's uh, right. Uh, basically I I work with the teams that create all of the amazing content here at Bigger Pockets. We also do a lot of our marketing and product value add. So when we launch new things on the site, um, whether it's part of the pro membership, the free membership or our new premium membership me and my team work on those major projects.
0: That's great. That's awesome. I know that I've looked at some of your sheets that you have done on market analysis. I think it was one where Buffalo, where I'm from, was actually the best for appreciation and cash flow, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm glad people cool. are reading them. I should say, yeah. So, I'm also in addition to all of those things, I have a background in data science. So, a lot of what I do on Bigger Pockets in terms of creating content and producing some of our products is related to data. So, as you said, I've been writing a lot of things about where to find good cash flow, where to find good markets. Buffalo is always near the top. So, good job picking Buffalo. Uh, and I think <laughs> yeah. we'll be talking a little bit about that today. So, I'm excited to dive deeper into that. And a lot and of
2: that is also in the Bigger Pockets magazine, right? A lot of that data that you that you pull.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the Bigger Pockets magazine is really cool. I've been writing articles for that too, sort of longer form articles just about different markets that you might be interested in. And besides what I do with the data, the magazine is really cool if you guys haven't checked that out. But yeah, the different way we use data on bigger pockets. The magazine is certainly one of the great ones. And then as part of the pro membership, we do offer something that I think is launching the day this podcast is coming out, which is called BP insights, but we can get to that a little bit yeah, later. And if you
0: guys want to find out more information about the magazine, it's at bigger pockets forward slash magazine. Um, and it's called the wealth magazine. There was one issue released and the second one is coming out very soon. So Jamie, I want to talk about, have you done any real estate investing yet? Do you have any of your, your own properties or you're just starting out?
6: I, this will be my first.
0: Awesome.
6: Hopefully of many. Yeah. What I'm doing now is more of like a proof of concept that I can do out-of-state investing from Washington, D.C. I'm, uh, I'm looking at Columbus, Ohio and Cleveland, Ohio, mainly because, one, I grew up in, in Cleveland, uh, went to school at Ohio State. And every time I go back, particularly to Columbus, I, I just see just the transformation that that city has undertaken over the last 20 years. And I know we'll get into this a little bit later, but some of the things that I find attractive about the Columbus market is one, that it's growing, two, it has economic stability and also diversity. And I like the fact that there's a major university there with Ohio State and it's a state capital. So all of those features combined really make it a great spot to start looking at investment property.
2: Jamie, so you've, you've definitely got two great cities. I think that you, that you're looking into Columbus and Cleveland, both in Ohio. Mm -hmm. What's your goal though, with real estate investing? I feel like a lot of times people maybe just jump into real estate without a goal. Right. And uh, so I'd be curious to find out what, what your goal is as to why you want to invest in real estate.
6: Uh, It's a great question. Over time, I'd like to make real estate investing sort of like a full-time job to be quite frank and, uh, and then. Scale, scale those properties to maybe then adding an arm of property management and kind of seeing where it'll take me. But if I can't get this first property or two properties under my belt and, and knowing how to do things correctly, and also at scale, I have no hope to get further down the road. So really, I want to take one step at, the, at a time with my, with my investing. But that ultimate goal is to, to do it sort of full time.
0: That's great. So let's talk about those two markets that you're interested. So we have Columbus and Cleveland, Ohio. Now, David, do you want to go through and kind of walk Jamie through your analysis of each of those? Sure.
1: Yeah, so I, I pulled some data. So as part of Bigger Pockets, we just licensed data from pretty much every market in the country: rent data, sales data, foreclosure data. Um, and so I went through that, and I knew ahead of time that you're interested in Cleveland and Columbus. And I also pulled some data from Arlington, Virginia. Is that that where you're from or where you're located?
6: It's literally like 15 minutes away from where I am. It's it's one of the more most affluent counties in America. I'm sure yeah, you saw I, that no- with your I noticed that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I
1: noticed that when I saw the average home price there, as well as I looked up the average median income, it seems very high. So, is that the primary reason you were moving away from investing locally and looking at these two cities in Ohio?
6: Correct. Barrier to entry is a little a little bit tougher.
1: Okay, great. Yeah, and, and uh, I could I can definitely see that. Just so everyone knows, the average. Home price in Arlington, Virginia came in at around uh, almost $700,000. So very high. Um, Whereas the other cities that we're talking about here, Cleveland is $67,000 and Columbus is $172,000. So we really sort of span the gamut on these three markets with (laughs) Cleveland being a relatively lower end lower price market. Columbus still comes in under the national average, which is about 230,000, and Arlington being three times that at <laughs> nearly 700,000.
0: That's crazy to me. I just bought a four-bed, two-bath, you know, fixer-upper. It needs some work, but for 27,000.
1: <laughs> wow. So oh different my
0: God. than Arlington.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is why, I mean, just sort of in a holistic sense, this is why I think it is really Wise of you, Jamie, to look at other markets. You know, I think a lot of people are intimidated by that, especially in their first investment. But there are a lot of great property management companies out there, there's a lot of good turnkey companies out there. And you can obviously find markets that offer prices at pretty much any entry point, whether it's $27,000 for a fourplex or Seven hundred. No, four 000.
0: beds. Four beds, not oh, four-plex.
1: Sorry. Four beds. That I'd be Actually, moving I to Buffalo. I did buy
0: a fourplex for twenty thousand in November, though, so that could happen. Oh my God!
1: Wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I think I can add here, Jamie, is just some numbers behind these different markets, and you know, I've pulled a lot of data. And before we sort of jump into that. I just wanted to make clear, I think a lot of people, particularly people who are new to real estate investing, feel that the word data or the is intimidating or they're not a data person or that sort of thing. When I'm talking about it, the, the literal definition of data is a piece of information. So that's all we're talking about here is using data to just gather as much information as you can about these various markets. And yes, I'm going to go through a little bit of very simple math that will help you, but really, What I try and encourage new investors to do is gather all sorts of information as possible, whether that's a number or an understanding of who the top employers in a given city or state are. Um, So I have all of that data here um, and we can walk through it. Hey David. My first question, Chief. Yeah. Go Real ahead. quick,
2: before we before we jump into that, and I, and I'm really excited to hear what you're going to say, but I really want because I I always try to put myself in the position of a listener. Where would people find this data? I mean, where where would be great resources to go and find this data?
1: Absolutely. So I can I can as I talk through some of the various data points, I can share where I pulled it from. A lot Perfect. of it is coming from BP Insights. So that is a product we are releasing. Uh, in June. So I think it's literally the same day this podcast comes out, which is part of our pro and premium membership. And it has basically all the information about every property in the country and rents. And this is just a beta launch in June. So we're going to be rolling it out, but I have access to the full amount of data here. A lot of it is publicly available too, though. You can find it either on Zillow, which makes a lot of data publicly available, or I use a lot of census data or The Federal Reserve also has a lot of data there. So as I go through it, I'll I'll do my best to call out the various places you can get it. You know, if you want to just go out on your own and find this, all of this is pretty much publicly available. Our goal with Bigger Pockets is trying to make it convenient so you can easily search and find all this stuff in one place. But for anyone listening at home, if you did want to, most of this, I should say, is available publicly.
0: Just very time consuming to to look it all up, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it kind of is. You know, the one you were talking about earlier with Buffalo, I did that all manually. And it, I mean, it took me several weeks of time for sure.
2: (laughs) But the thing is with that, I think it's worth the time because if you're going to be investing in a city, you know, for long term, if you're going to do a flip, I probably wouldn't do as much research or something like that. But if I'm going to buy and hold invest and I want to know what the rents are going to be, you know, what have they been historically, where they're at now and where they're going and what the job growth is. The time to me is going to be irrelevant of how much I spend because I know that I'm going to be investing there for the next 10, 15 years, right? So I think it's worth it. I,
1: totally. I, I completely agree. I think that it's an, it's a small investment in time. You know, what I'm doing is aggregating data for every city and zip code in the entire country, which takes a lot of time. But <laughs> you know, for someone who's picking between two or three markets, if you use Bigger Pockets Insights, it will take minutes, but you can find the data for three, five markets if you practice and get used to it and learn how to do some of the math behind these calculations that I will try and explain during the course of this podcast.
0: Yeah, if you want to go ahead and start digging into the numbers, but I just want to remind everyone that the numbers and the data are great, but you also, you want to know the other stuff too. You need the boots on the ground. You need your team. So it's not just, you shouldn't pick your city just based off the numbers. Make sure you're looking at a whole aspect of things. And maybe we can go more into that after you're done, Dave, talking about the data and the numbers.
1: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I know I like that you said that earlier, Jamie, that, you know, you thought of these two cities because you have some roots there. Like you have a fundamental understanding of how they've changed over time. You're not just pointing to places on a map and thinking, oh, I'll invest here or there. So that sort of leads me back to my first question. So outside of sort of what you said before, Talking about how you've seen the cities develop and grow, what sort of numbers have you looked into about these two markets, and what do you like, and what are you concerned about?
6: Yes, yeah, so uh, the numbers that I like are obviously the the, the price point. Uh, I'm looking for duplexes, triplexes, you know, fourplexes, things like that. And I'm working with two realtors; they're excellent. I, I'm going to give them a quick uh, shout out. Uh, Jennifer uh, Kessel White and uh, Lauren Lucas are my I'm a realtors, and and the reason why they're so good is they know the market. They've actually done some investing themselves as well. And they, they've been able to point me in the right direction when, I, when I've when i had some, some questions. But uh, what I'm looking for is the price point. And I set my budget at 200K. And, and the reason for that is I'd like to burr these properties. And I have, uh, in the area of Cleveland and Columbus, I have relatives that are in the trades. So they would be able to help with with some of the repairs and things like that, and and so what I'm trying to do is build my team right now. You know, it's June now. At the end of the month, I'm actually going to be going to Columbus for a tour of about six properties, and then hopefully making a decision based on one the location and and other data like are there is there development coming is is there anything planned by the city things like that to ensure that. I'm, I'm choosing an area that's sort of on the upswing. And so, yes, the numbers are important, the data is important, but also the the civic component of where the neighborhoods are, where those homes are, are located, are super important to me as well.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think back to what Ashley was saying about just beyond numbers, just having a fundamental understanding of the neighborhoods and even on a block-by-block basis, which which property is going to be best for you. I've been investing in Denver for years, and that one of the properties I bought, I found out that they were building a park. You know, they were taking some abandoned old city stuff that wasn't being used anymore, basically, and they're turning it into a public space. And I wound up finding properties around there because I had an idea that it would appreciate. And while I'm a data guy through and through, like the numbers don't show you that. You have to go understand and actually walk around and and have a great agent that knows the area that can tell you those types of things. So it sounds like you're primarily looking for cash flow. Or are you looking for appreciation? Like what are the different, have you thought about how you're going to ultimately decide on a great property?
6: Yeah, that's a great question. Cash flow keeps you in the game. I think uh, I've heard that a couple times on, on on the podcast, right? But really, I'm looking for appreciation and, and equity. That, that's where my, my primary focus is. That, you know, If I know a property is not going to appreciate, but I'm, I, you know, I'm getting $500 on that door versus $200 on a property that's going to appreciate more quickly over time, I'll, I'll take the, the lower cash flowing uh, property.
0: Jamie, that's such a good point because like Felipe had mentioned before, what is your goal of real estate investing? Mm-hmm. You also know what your target is you know that you want equity and appreciation out of it and that's something you need to figure out before you go and find your fir- first property is what do you want out of that property it could be cash flow it can be appreciation it, you know it could be because you want to make that your secondary home someday and you want someone to pay it off for you so that it <laughs> that is such a great point thank you for bringing that up how you need to figure out what your goal is of that property before you even go out looking for a property absolutely Okay, David, go Great. ahead. Back to your Yeah, no.
6: <laughs> so,
1: when I look at a, two markets and I'm just trying to compare a couple of markets, there, there are three things that I typically look at. The first is going to be the rent to price ratio. And if you guys have heard of the 1% rule on bigger pockets, you might understand this. And basically, what that is, is that it's an approximation of cash flow. So, you are comparing how much rent you get in a month to the total price of the home and for a variety of reasons that basically helps you assume how much cash flow you're going to get the higher the number the better that means that for each dollar you invest into the home you are getting more and more cash flow from it so i went and looked to find to to calculate this you basically only need two things you need to understand what the average rent is and what the average home price is in one of these markets. For I I mentioned this earlier. So for Cleveland, we have a $67,000 average median home price. And for Columbus, we have $172,000. So pretty dramatically different entry points there. For rent, Cleveland is averaging about $880. And when I say average, I mean median, just for anyone who's going to correct me. Uh, And for (laughs) Columbus, it's 1,250. And so when you actually divide that, you take that rent number, so take 880 and divide it by 67,000, we get 1.31. So that would be the rent to price ratio for Cleveland. So that is very good. We use a a rule of thumb a lot of times on bigger pockets of 1% or above as being a very solid deal. And so we have a 1.31 rent to price ratio for Cleveland. So that that's very strong and encouraging. For Columbus, we, we do the same calculation. We divide twelve hundred and fifty by one hundred and seventy two thousand. So again, the monthly rent divided by the price of the home and we get a 0.73. So mm-hmm. it's under the 1% rule. But I, I talk to a lot of people about this. Rules of thumb are very blunt instruments. You know, this is a very generalized idea. And by using averages as we are here, it oversimplifies things a little bit. But if you are just getting used to it, being close to 1% is generally a good thing. If it's under, that does not mean that you can't find great deals in that market. You know, but by, by rule, that means it's an average. So that means that there are deals that are better than that and there are deals that are worse than that. And so In both of these markets, you are probably going to be able to find a pretty good deal because while Columbus is under that 1% rule, there are probably many, many deals out there that that reach over that threshold. So does that that sort of jive with your understanding of those two markets so far? Did you
6: expect that
1: one would have better cash flow than the other?
6: I expected Cleveland to have uh, better cash flow and potentially Columbus would have uh, better appreciation.
1: Okay. Great. So let's talk a little bit about two other uh, appreciation here. So over the last one year, you are absolutely correct. Columbus has appreciated on average 8% in the last one year and Cleveland just 5%. Both are really good, actually. I mean, if if you got that kind of appreciation in pretty much any market, you should be pleased with it. But I also went back and looked at the last five years because I wanted to just get a good sense of how things have been trending over the last few years. And over the last five years, Cleveland has averaged a higher appreciation rate. So it has averaged 12% per year for the last five years, whereas Columbus has averaged 9% per year for the last five years. So it is a little bit a little bit different than what your expectations were. Now I should say, I think every any investor should say, if I'm getting 9% appreciation per year or 12% appreciation per year, that is an excellent number. So and Of course, previous appreciation is not an indicator of future appreciation, but I did dig into a little bit more. And a, a metric I really like to look at is just historical performance through cycles so the first metric I used was the rent to price ratio the second one I like to to talk about is just historical performance like how did Cleveland and Columbus do over the last 20 years you know if you were what happened in 2007 when it crashed did it spike down and come back up are we back to where we were um, and this data is super easy to get so there's a a very famous statistic called the Case-Shiller Index. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of this, but it basically I read it in my free time. (laughs) Do you?
0: (laughs) I read it in my free time, no.
1: (laughs) But we will link it to the
0: show notes for anyone at BiggerPockets forward slash rookie 16.
1: Yeah, so I I, again, I don't want to get overly nerdy and make people feel like this is intimidating. If you Google Case-Shiller Index Cleveland, it will basically just show you how home prices have trended over the last 20, 50 years. And it's really fascinating because you can see like certain markets, literally you can see in the trend a bubble in 2007, or you can see a bubble emerge. And you don't need to be a data scientist. You don't even know what need to know what numbers the line represents. You can just see how it's performed. And the interesting thing about Cleveland that I looked at through this is that while it's shown this amazing appreciation over time, its prices are only 5% higher than it was in 2007. So really what happened was it tanked, and now it's just getting back to where it used to be, so the appreciation numbers look really good. Whereas whereas Columbus is 37% higher than it was in 2007. So it's really interesting looking at appreciation the time scale tells you everything because Cleveland looks great because it's recovering from terrible performance, whereas Columbus looks not as good, but it's been very steady over the long term. So I think my takeaway from that is that your inclination is right and that Columbus does provide a better appreciation opportunity than Cleveland.
0: Would you say that because it's more reliable? It's a more reliable appreciation than Cleveland?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's more stable. So it mm-hmm. only went down about 4 or 5% during the financial crisis, and now it's well beyond that. And personally, I, I look for markets like that. I, of course, it's all dependent on your risk tolerance. Like You could invest in places that go up and down, because if you catch it when it's low and sell when it's high, that's great. I don't find myself particularly great at predicting markets, so I look for things that just consistently go up. And I think that's a safer bet, particularly for
3: new investors. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited
4: possibilities at dealmachine.com BP. Hiring? Your search is over. Really, there's no need to search. Match instead with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates super fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to hire top talent faster. Speaking of top talent, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. But why do I love Indeed? Because I'm busy and scrolling through 300 resumes is not helping my business grow it's actually making it slow. With Indeed, I can hire faster and know I'm getting someone who can do the job. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to post your jobs with more visibility at Indeed.com slash rookie. Just go to Indeed.com slash rookie right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash rookie. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
5: can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a
4: commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Rookies, 2024 is the year to start protecting your rental properties with an LLC. But you don't have to do all the paperwork and filing yourself. Head over to CorporateDirect.com slash BiggerPockets to schedule a free 15-minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. Mention Real Estate Rookie and get a $100 discount on your formation. That's CorporateDirect.com slash BiggerPockets.
2: So let me jump in a little, David. When you're talking about a market that is more just going slowly but continuing to go up versus a more risky market, what are some of the factors that you would say contribute to one market being more risky than the other?
1: That's a great question. Uh, so the number one thing I look for in, a, in trying to predict appreciation is the population growth. I, I think it's, it's very simple, but pricing is based on supply and demand. And if supply, if, if demand is going up, prices are likely to go up with it. If demand is going down, prices are likely to go down over the long run. So that is the main thing. And just for the record, I did pull those numbers and Cleveland has been on about a 20-year slide with population declines. And it's declined 3% in the last eight years. Whereas uh, Columbus has grown 13% in the last eight years. Um, and that's all census data. You can just get that uh, publicly available. But that's a great question. I mean, I—it's so hard to predict uh, appreciation across different things. But I think one of the easy things to understand is like, are more people moving there than are leaving? If so, you know, there's going to be more demand for houses, which drives prices up. I, you know, that's my fundamental thesis why I invest in Denver. It's a very popular city. The population is growing really rapidly. Um, and so that's clearly not the only one, but it's one thing I think about. The second thing I think a lot about, uh, and you mentioned this earlier, Jamie, is the diversity of employment and the type of employment that is there. So I think having strong universities, healthcare systems and government jobs are, it, tend to be very stable. Whereas private sector jobs are more variable. So, you know, they follow more of a boom and bust cycle, but also have more upside. Like if you look at San Francisco as an extreme example there. So those are two things I would recommend people look at is just how is population trending over time and who are the big employers? If you go and look in the city and you can't, and all the big employers, you don't recognize any of the names there. It's probably not a great sign but if you do see a nice diversity of big companies i think it tends to lend itself to stability for a city
2: you know it's it's interesting that you're that you say about like the job market because for example my parents would have moved to a city that had a ford plant or you know a firestone big you know manufacturing company but we saw during you know certain recessions that have passed that that's not always the best thing within a city so david could you tell me, Ashley and Jamie, like what are some of the what are some of the the jobs that you would say like for for example, you know, I'd be I used to would would be scared of Detroit because of you know everything that happened with with uh, the automobile industry. So, what are some some jobs? Is tech great? What are some jobs that I should be looking for if I'm going to be investing out of state that you would say I think
1: these would would do pretty well. Well, I, I know I, I'm no expert in this. I should say that, but I, I know that tech tends to be a very high paying job and it's what I've spent most of my life doing outside of real estate. So I, I feel strongly about cities that have strong tech infrastructures, where there's a lot of investment going into startups and companies are, there's a lot of M&A activity. I also think healthcare is extremely stable. Job, you know, manufacturing has been a little volatile over the last year, but I think colleges and universities are also very stable. So, um, you know, Columbus, one of the largest universities in the entire country, is there probably one of the largest employers there as well. So, I think those are really strong. And then, you know, some of like the blue chip companies, like if you look at the Dow Jones, some of the biggest companies like insurance companies, banks those kinds of things tend to be relatively stable as well.
2: Yeah, that's that's really helpful. And then if someone's looking, at, and let's clarify, so the data and everything that you can look up, the metrics and everything that's going on in a certain market is very, very important. But kind of like we touched on before, you got to have a stable team, a boots on the ground, if you will. You got to have a good property manager, a good real estate you know, uh, agent to help you through, through and through. David, what are some of the key things that you've looked for that maybe you can help me and Jamie understand? What are some of the key things outside of the realm of just data that you would look for in a team outside, you know, investing out of state? I think you don't even live in the country that you invest in. So you (laughs) got to have a real tight, you know, grip on this. So kind of tell us a little bit of what, what you look
1: for in a team. That that is correct. Yeah, I don't live in the country that I invest in, so it does make it a little bit challenging. But Out like of you said, country really...
2: investing—that's the name of yes. the show for today. Out of the country <laughs>
1: investing. Yeah. So I I really look for reliability. I think that's like the number one thing that you can look for more than price on who I'm I'm going with, particularly. With property management and the trades, you know, people who can do maintenance and repairs. Uh, there's nothing worse as an investor when you get a call that the heat went out in the middle of the winter, uh, and you know you feel terribly that your tenants are having a hard time, and you know you need someone to go and fix something you don't know how to fix in the middle of the night. Or so that is really what I look for, and it, it's it really requires some networking to be able to find those people. So finding other investors in these markets who can refer someone who's great to you. And, you know, those people aren't usually the cheapest, but I promise you, in my experience, it is much cheaper to pay a reliable person a bit more than it is to look for the cheapest person to help you with these kinds of problems. In terms of a real estate agent, I'm very fortunate. I have a real estate agent. uh, His name is Andrew Keel. So I'll give him a shout out, who I've been working with for years. And he does a really excellent job of understanding the market. You know, I I mentioned earlier that I found out that a park was being built. And that's because Andrew goes to community meetings all across the city of Denver to understand where different projects are going, infrastructure is being built. And I think that's hugely, hugely important. I I go to him and I say, here's my strategy. Here's my budget. Here's what I want to look for. And he usually has two or three neighborhoods within a market that I should look at. And then he and I go and attack that and look for things. So I think it really does matter a lot which real estate agent you choose and making sure that
6: someone who is investor focused is of huge importance. I totally agree. I 100% agree. Uh, in fact, like one of my sort of my principles if you will is I want to treat every property like I have 100, but I want to treat every tenant like I only have one. And so That's so awesome. if you if you if you build it to scale from day 1, then you can do that, right? And then have that culture on your team of customer service because, you know, re-tenanting a property is way more expensive and doing the right thing for that tenant to begin with. And of course there's situations that you know we can't envision, but if you always try to make the right next choice, you'll, you'll have a better outcome with, with not only your business, but, but with the people that that are tenants in your property.
0: Yeah, it's really important to remember and have those key relationships with those people too, so that they wanna keep working with you going forward and you wanna keep working with them. And it will be a lot easier than finding new people. Like if you talk to any employer, it's a lot more costly to replace someone than it is to keep someone. Well, that goes out when you're looking for a contractor too, because these contractors get to know your properties, they get to know what you like. And if you hire someone else new, it takes a while for them to train, to get used to what your expectations are. But I want to kind of take it back to the data and Dave's, is there anything else that Jamie should be looking at? We talked about rent to price ratio, historical performance through cycles, you know, how to kind of gauge the appreciation of that property.
1: Yeah, there is one, and it actually touches on a, a question you asked earlier, Felipe, about sort of the economics of a different city. And so there, there's one last one. Um, it's very similar to rent to price, but it's basically rent to income. So I wanna understand how much of my tenants income they are putting towards their rent. And if it's a super high number, that's not a good situation for anyone. That's risky for me. That's risky for the tenant. You don't want to be in a situation like that. For me, I look for properties and markets where my tenants can comfortably afford the housing that they are are occupying. And so the way I do that is, again, I I look up the data just to understand what the median income in a city is. And then I divide that by the the rent. Well, so basically, I did this for both Cleveland and Columbus, just bringing it back to those two markets. And Cleveland has a 36% rent to income ratio. So that means that on average, a tenant is Devoting 36% of their income to rent. And that is close to the rule of thumb. Um, a rule of thumb is generally one third of rent or of income goes to housing. So it's a little high, but it is not overly concerning. Whereas Columbus has a much higher median income at uh, $51,500. And that comes out at a 29%. So, uh, 29% of income is devoted towards rent. And so, again, this isn't a none of these are be all end all metrics. They're just three things that I look at when I'm trying to understand if if a market makes sense to invest in. So, the the rent to price ratio, the historical performance, and then this rent to income ratio.
0: The rent to income ratio is very interesting because I've never thought to look at anything like that, but when someone applies for one of my apartments, I make sure that, you know, their rent to income ratio is at a certain point, you know, a certain percentage to afford that apartment, but I never thought of actually looking into it before I analyze a market.
1: Yeah, I, it it makes sense to me. You know, you don't want to just keep raising rents and putting people in a situation where they can't pay. You want to find Uh, the true fair market rent. And I think by looking at this and having it around one third, which both of these are, it is generally a rule of thumb where not just among real estate investors, but people who talk about personal finance and budgeting typically recommend or understand that housing is going to cost about a third of your income. So I think that to me, it seems to be a good rule of thumb if you're looking at different markets.
0: So Jamie, now that we've talked about the two different markets, what's your decision? (laughs) This is is like a a TV show where we show you two different houses and at the end you have to pick one.
6: (laughs) Where's the drum roll? You know, um, I think that the analysis that I did without all the the BP numbers, the BP Insight numbers, uh, I was leaning towards Columbus. And I think the numbers bear out that Columbus is a better market for long-term investing. So that's where I'm going to be putting my uh, my focus in. Uh, I really look forward to starting to build my empire, hopefully this year.
0: Well, we're really excited for, for you. you. I That's can't awesome. wait to see uh, what you do in Columbus.
6: So yeah, Definitely.
2: Definitely agree with that. Jamie, One one last question. What resources do you plan on using in that area? for finding a good realtor or like, what are some of the, I know that Ashley's going to say join an REI meeting because she, she focuses a lot on that. And I love that. That's so true. I mean, networking is key because that's how you're going to get the most insight, you know, on a certain city. But what are some of the ways that, that you are potentially going to, and then David, if you'll give us some insight on how, what you would recommend some of our listeners to do when out of state investing, or even out of the country investing to find great <laughs> team members in that area. Jamie, I'll let you go first.
6: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm in an international networking group right now with my commercial real estate business, and so I, I've been reaching out to contacts in the Columbus market that are in that same group, starting that interview process again when when I go to Columbus at the end of the month. You know, having coffee or whatever is socially acceptable for for both parties. You know, just getting to know people along with. The fact that I went to school at Ohio State, I have people who are in the mortgage industry. People who are in the obviously. I have uh, my real estate agents already locked on, but also family members who are in the trade business, things like that, where I can really pull from not only from the people I went to school with, but also my my family resources as well.
1: Great. Well, I can make a couple of recommendations. First and foremost, I do work for Bigger Pockets and believe strongly in what we do here. So I'll just say mm-hmm. that. We are offering uh, BP Insights, which is a new tool that allows users to get data about pretty much every property in the country. It will give you an estimated rent, and it can also help you find a market. So if you're in a similar position to Jamie and you're not exactly sure where you want to invest, uh, this is BP Insights is built really exactly for that. And we are launching that as a beta right now, which in software speak is like a Pilot program. And so, for the first thousand people who want to do it, uh, we are offering that. You can use the code ROOKIES for all the rookie listeners there for Bigger Pockets Pro or Premium. And you get 20% off. You will get to attend a live event with me where I'm going to be teaching people about the basics of data analysis. We also have some free spreadsheets and bonuses for you. Feel free to check that out if you guys are interested. Basically, if you're thinking about going pro, this might be a good time to do it. We're giving away a lot of stuff. But all of this other data is available, again, through the census is is really good. It's a little outdated, but there is a lot of good information in the census, particularly about economics and some of the like demographic profiles of a city. Zillow does have some good sales and rent data. And then, again, the Case-Shiller Index. I know it sounds very nerdy, but Google the Case-Shiller Index. It'll be super helpful. And then lastly, on the team side of things, I think building your network on BiggerPockets or in the Facebook group for rookies is a great way to do it. Referrals, I always think, are the best way to find a great team. If you know someone or can find an experienced investor in a market, that's always great. And again, on BiggerPockets, we do have a directory of really uh, investor-focused real estate agents, which is another good place to find resources.
0: Yeah. As a BP pro member myself, I highly recommend it, but it's not even the only just the insights. I mean, the calculator reports, everything, there is so much value there, but I just want to kind of wrap, a, wrap it up what we talked about before we move on to our next segment. So we talked about, you know, three different ways to really, or metrics to use to really analyze the market rent to price ratio, rent to income ratio, and historical performance through cycles. Then you also took us through two examples of what to look at in a market, such as what is the employment like? What are the kind of jobs that are there? And then population growth. Is the population growing, declining, and taking all that into consideration? And then also we touched on you know finding yourself a good, reliable team. So Felipe, do you want to take us into the the next segment here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to the next segment of the show. This part of the show is called the Rookie Request Line. All right, we've got a few more questions, but before that, I really want to, you know, take this here. So, but for any of our listeners, you can always reach us at 1-888-5-ROOKIE to leave a voicemail and we might use it on the show. So make sure you jot out that number. Again, that's 1-888-5-ROOKIE. Leave us a voicemail and we might play it on the show.
1: Hi, my name is Susanna. I will be moving to Athens, Georgia in a little over a year to start graduate school. I'd like to be able to buy my first property and start house hacking right away. So my question is, what is a good timeline that I could use in this next year to have most everything squared away before I arrive? So I think the first thing to decide when you're talking about house hacking is whether you're going to do the strategy where you buy a multi uh, several units, a duplex or a triplex, and live in one or the other, or get a, a house with multiple bedrooms and rent by the room. Both are great ways to do it. It, it totally depends on where you are in your lifestyle. You know, people with families, significant others, tend to not want to live in the, rent by the room, but younger single people tend to do rent by the room. So either either one of those, just think about which one you're comfortable with and which one aligns with your budget. So that brings me to the second thing, come up with a budget, I think, for how much you can afford. The great thing about house hacking, the, the the reason it's such a great tool for rookies is that you can get an FHA loan and put as little as 3.5% down on a property that has up to four units in it. So you can get a duplex, triplex, single family, fourplex um, with 3.5% down. So knowing that, uh, I would come up with a budget and then just start looking. One of the great things about house hacking is the the financing and since you're gonna be on site, so the property management you can do yourself. So it really comes down to just understanding your budget and looking for a great deal.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And just to add to that a little bit is, you know, find a realtor to send you listings. You know, you can sign up for their emails and just ahead of time, look at those properties and start analyzing them. Use the BP calculator reports, use Excel, but just practice analyzing those deals to get to know what would be a good house hack for you. What kind of cash flow are you looking for? Are you looking for your mortgage paid, half of your mortgage paid just practice, practice, practice. And then before you even move, go ahead and go and get pre-approved by a lender if you're going to use financing, because usually I think that it's, you know, a pre-approval letter is usually good for six months. It's probably depending on the bank, but that is something you could do, you know, a month before you move, just get that in place so that you're ready for that. But now let's move on to our fun part here. This is where we have some random questions that really don't even have anything to do with real estate investing, but just to get to know you guys a little more. So Jamie, I'll I'll give the first question to you. Uh, Let's see here. What is something you've changed your mind about that maybe once you believed it and now you've completely changed your mind on it?
6: Oh man, it's a it's a great question. Honestly, uh, it's going to go back to uh, real estate. I was a big cash flow guy mm-hmm. until I started looking into the numbers and really like where wealth uh, generation is created. And it's and it's obviously through the e- equity and the appreciation of the property. So I know that's not where these questions are going, but that that is definitely something that has recently changed my mind.
0: No, we love it when you turn it into a real estate answer. <laughs>
6: <laughs> David, I'm going to take
2: the next one here. And uh, I'm really interested in what you were like in high school. What clique were you a part of?
1: Oh, I don't know. I hmm, I was just kind of a jerk in high school. I feel like I was like, I, I cut a lot of classes. I did play, you know, I, I just wasn't I was a really bad student, I'll also say Did you calculate how many classes you could skip before you had to pass fail type of thing? (laughs) Based on the data. That's actually really interesting. I got terrible grades in math. I started, I got C's and D's in math all throughout high school. I was just kind of a jerk. I just wanted to hang out with my friends all the time. But I don't know, I think I was just like a pretty average kid. I love that.
0: So Jamie, tell us something about your morning routine. Do you have a a special morning routine you do to get ready for the day? We're big advocates of, you know, the, uh, what's the book, um, the miracle morning. Do you do anything like that?
6: I I do actually. Uh, so, so I wake up five 6 o'clock every day. I read a little bit. It could be the news. It could be a book, something like that. And then my, I have a German shepherd. His name's Willie. He's got one eye. So he's one eye Willie. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, and so uh, he's usually uh, looking for a walk and we have a lot of wooded areas in, in my neighborhood. So uh, I'll take them through some of the paths and, and it's really a, a peaceful way to begin my, my morning.
2: That's awesome. Nice, one I nice. really
6: I'd, that, that's really
2: cool. David, <laughs> I got a question, man. And I know that our listeners are going to want to know this because you're, you're a data guy. What know. is a city that you would invest outside of if you weren't in Denver? What's like a, a good second city that you would be looking so into? Don't say Columbus.
1: <laughs> now Columbus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, you're going to have to go and get a property under contract before this podcast gets released because you're <laughs> going to get so much competition. Uh, one city I've been really interested in is Boise, Idaho, because it reminds me a lot of Denver. Uh, it's becoming more of a tech city. And I also, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I really think a lot about quality of life and like cities where people want to live. And Boise just seems beautiful. I've never been, but it seems really cool.
2: Good, I think that's a metric that a lot of people don't think about when investing, they're like, okay, cash flow work, this, that. But what about just like the natural stuff? Like, what about, is there plenty of hikes? Is there plenty of things to do outside? What is, you know, during this unfortunate events of COVID, I think we've all come to realize a little more the importance of just being outside and having some fresh air and community. And I think that's a metric that I think we'll start seeing a little bit more in the future. Like you just said is, you know, how is the life there? You know, is it interesting? Is it fun? Or are you just going to work for 16 hours a day and then coming home, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know that that appeals to me as well as me and my wife think about if we're ever wanting to move or things like that. We live in Nashville right now. We love it here. There's hikes everywhere. We live surrounded by mountains. It's beautiful. And I think that's another thing that people are starting to realize that that's important when investing out of state is like, do people actually even like to live there? Because just because they can afford it doesn't mean that they're going to like and want to live there for a while.
1: Absolutely. I, I completely agree. It's very, again, showing that not everything is data. That's almost impossible to quantify. You can't really come up with a number for that, but it is important, you know, just like people are going to want to live in a beautiful city that is well-run and has access to the outdoors and fun things to do. Uh, So as you start to look for a market, try and dig into what's available and and, uh, how much people enjoy living there if you can. Agreed.
0: So now can you guys tell us where can people find out a little bit more about you?
6: David, uh, you. would you like to lead off, and uh, I'll bet I'll bet uh, clean up. <laughs> I'm uh,
1: I'm I'm very lame and don't really do much social media, but uh, you can find me on Bigger Pockets. That's where I will I read all those messages and respond to them. So that's probably
6: the best place to find me.
0: And the Wealth Magazine now the writing articles yes. for there all your thank data you. in there. Yes, you.
6: thank you. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just uh, search uh, Jamie Gallagher. Uh, on LinkedIn and then also on Instagram, JMG Commercial. Is my Instagram handle. Also, if uh, you are a uh, general contractor or a, a mortgage person or someone like that in the Columbus market, and you'd like to have a conversation with me, I, I please reach out to those channels, and I'd, I'd love to have that conversation with you.
0: That is a great idea. We've never had a guest like ask for people to contact them before, but g- great way to to get some uh, yeah. people to talk to, you know, that you need. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. So um, if anyone wants to find out some more information, we can um, put that in the show notes for you. We'll have everything that both Jamie and David talked about today at uh, biggerpockets.com forward slash rookie 16. I'm Ashley at wealth from rentals on Instagram, and he's Felipe at Felipe Mejia, R E I. And don't forget to join our Facebook group. If you guys haven't, it is blowing up. We're at over 6,000 members right now. I think we're past
2: 7,000 members, Yeah,
0: but let um, me remind
2: everyone. Let me remind everyone. Okay. When you're filling out the form to join the group, if you do not accept the terms and conditions, you will be denied. There is people at bigger pockets that are just like, deny, 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 deny. You have to accept because people will get on there and be like, hey, I need 17 tenants and da 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 da. Or hey, I have this great company that does this. And it's like, dude, that's not what we're here for. Go do that somewhere else. So make sure that you. Definitely, you know, adhere to the rules and regulations that we have on there. And all you got to do, they go through this long questionnaire and then they just don't hit the accept the, the rules button. So make sure you do that at the end of the Facebook group.
1: Sorry, thank you.
2: Go
0: ahead you. Good point. Yeah, yeah, I harp on meetups. Felipe harps on that, so we <laughs> even each other out. But thank you guys so much for joining us today. And I might have joked about you know having to read data, but I actually love it, and I love that data sheet that you had given out already for BP Insights and showing the different markets. So thank you, Dave, and Jamie. Thank you so much for joining us. And we make sure you're, you're in our Facebook group so we can watch uh, what you actually purchase in Columbus and watch your empire grow. Thank you, guys.
6: Awesome. Thanks for having me. Bye, Jamie. Bye, David.